How to save young men. You might be asking yourself, well, oh, this guy now. What qualifies him to provide answers for such a topic? Well, frankly, because I was a young man that needed saving. I suffered for many years with anxiety, depression, and was suicidal too. And at 27, having pulled myself through that high risk stage, I feel like I might have a few answers. Or at least some direction I can point you in. These days, the prevailing winds push young men into a state of arrested development, preventing us from grappling with the real problems of life which lead to maturity and meaning. I will present the reasons why this is happening and what the solutions are which I believe can get us out. Reasons why. Number one, psychological inertia and the lack of initiation. Psychological inertia is the resistance to change that is important or significant. Psychologists encounter a growing population of individuals these days whose development into maturity is neither easy, engendered, nor predictable. In the state of confusion, many people cling to the comfortable assurances of childhood, hoping to escape adulthood's ordeals. I was one of them. The problem with psychological inertia accounts for the need for rites of initiation to mark the passage from one stage to another, boy to man which has been present in all ancient cultures. An initiation is necessary because an individual willingness to submit to the demands and disciplines of outer reality is not something that occurs automatically. As Anthony Stevens, psychologist and analyst writes, an initiation must be imposed with sufficient determination to overcome the renegade tendency in a boy. The combination of inertia, fear and resistance to change which categorizes the trickster mentality. This trickster clings to the status quo and knows no difference between right and wrong and accepts no discipline other than his own experimental attitude to life. God was this me and it nearly killed me. The trickster is the dark side of intelligence and creativity which education fosters in young people. The more intelligent we are, the greater the gift we have for lying to ourselves and others, concocting detailed rational stories to prevent us from facing up to our own shortcomings and responsibilities. By submitting to the initiation, the boy relinquishes the trickster's way and his own damaged rationality. He demonstrates his willingness to accept teachers, traditions and training and subjugates his will to a higher purpose. In summary, mental health can be distorted by by the fear of taking the next path on the journey. And overcoming the deceitful and rationalizing aspect of the mind is a step towards achieving this maturity. It might help to think of this part of the process as moving past the trickster. 2. Pathologizing social status. The hatred of strength and pathology of power and status is very prevalent for young people these days. I had this really bad. People who are rich and at the top of society are there because they are bad people. They are the top of the triangle because they have robbed or fluked their way to the top. However, if you believe this, you now have a problem. Because to progress in life would mean to become a worse person. This is a paradox. To be successful in the outer world is to be a moral failure. My values and my healthy progress in life were at odds with one another for a long time. The belief that people in positions of power are bad boxes you in, so you can't move upward towards them and become mature because you have acquainted conventional success with moral failure. You're not left with much. 
And to be a failure then is a sort of moral achievement. You get to have your cake and eat it too. Exert no effort and be morally superior for not taking part. Since everybody that does take part is corrupt, brainwashed or zombies. Very tricksterish behaviour indeed. Number three, the steep hierarchy. In the male dominance hierarchy, men compete for mates and status. Our nervous system is attuned to our position in the social hierarchy and thus being low status at the bottom, you will experience more negative emotion. At the bottom, you are in danger. Your body thinks you are nearly dead and so ramps up your panic, anxiety and sensitivity to threat. The problem is that all young people start at the bottom of the hierarchy, obviously because you have had more time to compete and learn the ropes if you are older. The dominance hierarchy in our society is massively steep due to globalisation and our connection via the internet. I mean, who is the top? Donald Trump? 50 Cent? Who exactly am I competing with? It is so steep that for many young men, they see no point in even trying. They just drop out of the race. Instead of competing in the social sphere, they get positive emotion from progressing in video games, which hijacks the same dopamine reward system. Video games are fine and swell, but if that is where you're getting all of your positive emotion, outside is not going to feel like a friendly place anymore. The further you retreat from life, the more anxiety of the challenge outdoors will present to you. This is the danger of remaining uninvolved in life during your youth and avoiding any initiation situation that will get you involved. The challenge gets bigger the more you retreat. On the flip side, the problem of the vertigo of becoming socially competent and dominant for young men can lead to hedonism and status battles in violent and non-socially sanctioned competition methods, not just withdrawal. Number four, a walk on the wild side. When young men see no good path forward to social status and competence, they would often rather join violent and unstable hierarchies based on cruelty, violence and power rather than competence and ability. The murder statistics in a city like Chicago indicate that, as life expectancy in these cities goes down, the homicide rate goes up. Many evolutionary theorists would argue that this is because as the future becomes more uncertain, you might be killed at any time, violent status-seeking games that boost your social ranking now become more likely. Because why would you sacrifice for a future which you aren't going to have? Why not have the reward now rather than later? There is no reason to delay gratification. And disenfranchised young men can turn to criminal gangs and political extremism to feel the sense of belonging and purpose which is missing in the mainstream. The media tacitly encourages this badness by glorifying gangster culture. School shooters having a new Netflix serial killer documentary every fortnight about the latest grisly murderer. This is the basic plot of Breaking Bad, probably the most watched TV show of the 20th century. A nerdy teacher who gets no respect would rather be a killer and a drug lord than a doormat. And we all cheer because a merciless killer is better than a coward. Status-seeking young men are rewarded for being violent killers and simultaneously discouraged from undertaking socially conventional trials and disciplines, which would allow this aggressive temperament a healthy outlet. A tough pill to swallow, but the natural path of sacrificing childhood comforts can become tainted with endless tests of strength, heroic fantasies, drugs, pursuits of women, or worse. 
the desire for initiation into manhood and respect turned into a toxic path of destruction. How can we stop this from happening? Solutions. Number five, the future and meaning. The only thing that can sustain you through the pain and suffering of maturing is meaning. Your life only has meaning if it has significance across time. This is why those meaningless nihilistic types always choose such an unrealistic time context. In a million years, none of this will matter. Of course it won't. Nothing will. But the parameters of your statement are wrong. You have at best maybe 80, 90 years, depending on how the cards are dealt. And the most meaningful activities will impact the largest portions of your time. So you have to sit down and plan out what your life will look like. 5 years, 10 years, 30 years. What is your ideal life? Then you take on the responsibility of making it happen. Taking on responsibility is meaningful. This is Jordan Peterson's great discovery. Because all responsibility is responsibility for the future. If what you are doing now will matter later, and not just matter to you, but to future generations, your kids, their kids, and the world and culture at large, your life will be imbued with meaning. But you have to take on a heavy burden to do so. An absence of meaning is caused by not taking on a future of any real substance. Drinking, womanizing, playing video games will not have a great bearing on your future. And you know it. To ensure your life is meaningful, you need big goals that are worth pursuing and the discipline to pursue them. It is not obvious to me that you can live a life of trivial distraction and still have a meaningful existence. Number six, take every opportunity, no matter how humble. Oftentimes, as a young fellow, your mind is filled with dreams of the highest order, and you turn your nose up at things like work, discipline, extracurricular activities. In your mind, you have fantasies of being a hero, and these just don't align with being a deli counter boy making chicken fillet rolls. So much of my time as a young fellow was spent in a bubble of arrogance and conceit that was basically a state of denial. Nothing was ever good enough. The school play was stupid, jobs were to be avoided, girls were too much hassle. Nothing was ever good enough and as a result I felt entitled to waste my time. There were many opportunities that swam by which I just ignored because I thought I was too good. Makes me shudder to think how much better I could be now if I'd taken those opportunities more seriously. Because they don't come again. Even now, years later, this same arrogant and churlish propensity is still within me. Which is actually fear. Fear of not being good enough. Fear of letting people down. Fear of being found out as a phony. The truth is, failure is a part of success. And good wisdom is to embrace any opportunity that comes your way when the chips are down. No matter how humble. Always see it through. My real definition of failure is when you stop trying. When you give up. And that's something that's under your control. Number seven, increasing conscientiousness. Conscientiousness is the ability to plan and implement strategies and is the second biggest predictor of long-term success after intelligence. If you are low in conscientiousness, you procrastinate and struggle to achieve basic goals. Conscientiousness is essential to taking steps and challenges toward maturity. The opposite of conscientiousness is being ineffective and this is how we all start out. You can increase your conscientiousness by using a schedule and doing what is on the schedule at specific times. 
In my case, increasing conscientiousness was a matter of going further than I would previously have thought, raising the standard. The bar in my head was set at a certain height, and to develop my, consci my conscientiousness, I had to constantly raise the bar. If half an hour was a good time for a 5k, the bar had to move to 25 minutes, and then on to 20. Conscientiousness is increased incrementally in this way. The good news is improving conscientiousness in one area, say exercise, increases it in all other areas of your life. Discipline is a near universal skill, so you need pick only one area to really dedicate yourself to and work on to get good. You don't have to do everything under the sun. Just choose one. 8. Loneliness. This is a big one. There is a period of time between 18 to 25 when you start to move away from your social group to a place of greater independence when the pain starts. It's a kind of FOMO, loneliness, nostalgia for a place you don't quite remember, and it hurts. It hurts a lot of the time. Most won't tolerate the pain. The feelings of isolation and loneliness, purposelessness can lead to depression and anxiety, and oftentimes a return to self-destructive behaviour or bad relationships to stop it. As with most things, the solution to the pain lies over the mountain, not at the foot of it. The loneliness is not caused by being alone. The loneliness is caused by the loss of the carefree childhood, a death of sorts. The death of your childish adolescent self. The pain of the transition period between childhood and adulthood is where most people lose the battle for independence. But if you go back, you end up in a whole other sort. Carl Jung has an idea called retroactive regression into the persona. Basically, this is when a young person fails in their struggles to catalyze their new identity as an adult and instead retreats back into who they used to be. While this might offer some temporary comfort, it also involves a psychological mutilation in which you must cut off the new parts of your personality which has grown in your independence to try and fit back into the box from which you just came. This is why most people become depressed when they move into their parents' house. You aren't just moving back into your childhood bedroom, you are moving back into the person who you once were, which is displeasing into your internal locus of maturation. An internal sense you are in the right place. Number nine, the fight with the dragon. This loneliness, this longing for return to the carefree and responsibility free time of childhood, is the mythological fight with the dragon. The goal the hero wins is maturity. This is the time when you sacrifice childhood to enter into the independence of adulthood. All the therapy in the world won't save you if you can't summon the courage to keep going forward. It's like in fighting, the most dangerous place to be is in the middle. When you are in range of the opponent, you need to get in closer or back out. Halfway in, halfway out is the danger zone. This time should be taken seriously in a young man's life. You are doing something that's very important, yet most of the time it's just party central or miserable. Instead of a great opportunity and adventure, most male suicides in the UK are between the ages of 20 and 24. After 25, this statistic eases off. Coincidentally, testosterone production also decreases then, and this is a time when most have catalyzed an adult role in life. 
So your job in the meantime then is to get away from your parents, learn to live on your own and not in complete chaos, have a stable relationship, a long-term goal, and regulate your relationships to drugs, alcohol, pornography, and other intoxicating substances that you use for escapism. No one ever told me this. 26 years of my life, nobody ever sat me down and said, this is what life is. These are the things you have to do. I would have been pretty useful. Maybe I wouldn't have listened anyway. Maybe I had to learn these lessons the hard way. But my advice is, when the time comes to grow up and the bell tolls for you, don't look back, keep going. Number 10, becoming a man. The mysterious, the forbidden, the essential. Going from a boy to a man. I always wanted to know when I'd know when this would occur or what it would be like. What did the distinction mean? Was it arbitrary, socially conditioned, a trick? Why even pursue becoming a man? Did it just happen to you? The truth is, it's your destiny, but it's not going to be given to you. Think about a Pokemon. When do they evolve? When they get enough experience. The same is true of the transition from boy to man. The mental change is the real difference between a boy and a man. A change in attitude. A boy is oriented towards getting away with things, like the trickster. Success is avoiding hard work, responsibility and remaining free in a state of childlike avoidance. The man is oriented towards what he is afraid of, the challenge, the responsibility. That for me is the fundamental difference, the fundamental transition from childhood to adulthood. One aims away from responsibility, the other towards. And we all do at times, we are one and we are the other. But the path of maturity requires this transformation of values from childish escapism to discipline and on toward being a man. You can initiate yourself into the ways of manhood. These days, you're going to have to probably. You initiate yourself by going to where the forest is darkest for you. This is the story of the Knights of the Round Table and their hunt for the Holy Grail. Each knight entered on his quest where the forest was darkest for him, where he was most reluctant to go, and it's probably not lying on the couch. How do you know when the journey is done? Maybe it never is, but it's a bit like Simba's roar in The Lion King. People will see something different in you, and they will celebrate it, and then you will know you're a man. We don't often celebrate being a man, yet the men that I see Fathers, warriors, teachers, mentors, and everything else are definitely worth celebrating. I guess that's the point of this argument. The world would be a better place with more of them in it. I think that all that is needed is some more common sense and encouragement. To all the men, young men, boys out there struggling, not giving up, finding a way, you are an inspiration. I see your struggle, and the world needs you.